first ever Halftime on the Hudson podcast. The Marist Sports Podcast will be talking all things professional sports and maybe throw in some Marist. I'm the host, Zach Musso, and for the first episode, I got the man, the myth, the legend, the creator of Halftime on the Hudson, Connor Kerpat. How are we doing, Connor? Good. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm happy to be the very first guest on the show. I feel honored uh, to be oh, the very you, first You have guest. to be the first guest, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I think let's jump right into it. We got the NFL season going on right now. So what's your main takeaways from this season so far? Uh, what am, oh, man, so many things to take away from this season so far. Uh, I think so far, one of my big takeaways is the Bills are a good football team. Uh, and so is the Rams. Now, last season, I had the Rams when they made the playoffs being a dark horse contender, potentially to try to make a run for the Super Bowl. Uh, they didn't do that, but they did surprise and beat the Seahawks, which was pretty cool to watch, pretty cool to see. Uh, and then coming into this year, one, I, I already had high hopes for them coming into this season, and then they got Matt Stafford. And I was like, hold on a second. This team, with Sean McVay still at the helm, has a serious shot uh, to make it to the Super Bowl. And I still think that's the case. And in fact, I still haven't – I don't even think they've hit their ceiling yet, right? And they've had some really great wins this year. Still don't think they've hit their peak uh, so that's one of my big takeaways. And uh, two is, man, that guy, Joe Burrow, I already love Joe Burrow coming in before, when he was in college and then coming in last year at Sucky got hurt. But man, you get, you build a good football team around this kid and that Bengals squad is going to be legit. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they're four and two right now. They're a dark horse team for the playoffs this year coming out of nowhere. I piggyback off that Rams thing too. Early in the year, I had to make my prediction for the Super Bowl and I picked a Bills Rams Super Bowl. Partly because I was tired of the Chiefs and Bucks, so I want the Bills and the Rams. But partly because I believe in Josh Allen. I think right now he's playing, arguably, him and Lamar Jackson are the top two quarterbacks playing this season so far. And I don't know, those Ravens, too, overcoming those injuries is pretty impressive. I, I, I love the NFL season this year because it's wide open. This is parody I don't remember seeing like this before. And, you know, they have the cliche, any given Sunday. Well, in this season, it feels like any given Sunday, any the worst team could beat the best team. like if you look a couple of weeks ago the lions probably the worst team in football right now the ravens may be the best team in football it took an nfl historic 66 yard kick with a doink for the ravens to beat the worst team that's what's fun about the nfl and we got a big week seven coming up starting tonight with broncos browns the browns missing a lot of their guys a one and a half point home favorite do you like the browns or the broncos tonight you know, I think if they had Baker Mayfield, I would say the Browns. And that's not to say Case Keenum is bad. Um, it's really tough, though, because I think the Broncos, obviously, when they look good at the beginning of the year, they looked pretty good because they played terrible teams, though. I mean, that's that was the caveat of that whole thing. And now they've fallen a three and three, just coming off a loss against the Raiders. I think they're going to be hungry to try to bounce back. Uh, but at the same time, if you watch the game that they played just against the Raiders, uh, their offensive line did not look good. Uh Teddy Bridgewater was getting being forced to move around. He was getting forced to make bad throws, which he did. I think he threw three interceptions and he fumbled. He did not look good at all in that game. So I think that it really what it's going to come down to is actually the Browns defense more than the Browns offense. I think Casey Keenum or Case Keenum rather is just going to have to make a couple of reliable throws here and there. Maybe they're going to try to stick to running the football. Uh, but if that Browns pass rush, you know, Malik McDowell, Jadavion Clowney, um, Miles Garrett, if those boys can get to the quarterback and continuously hit Teddy Bridgewater, then I think the Broncos are going to have to really tough time winning that football game. So I'm going to have to go with the Browns on this one for now. I totally agree. The Broncos started off this season 3-0, like you said, except those three teams they played are combined 3-14. and 14. Yeah. Then they stepped it up in class. They played the Ravens. They played your Raiders last week. 
They look like a completely different football team. You you can only play who's on your schedule, so beating the bad teams is good. And when you have a schedule like the Broncos, beating all the bad teams might get you to the playoffs if you can do that. And the way the Browns are playing right now, their defense has been very underwhelming with all their injuries right now. No Nick Chubb, no Hunt. Their line is decimated. I mean, that's just, this is a weird game to be on national TV tonight with the looking like a preseason game. I think if the Broncos don't win this game tonight, they're they're kind of done. If the yeah. Broncos don't win this season, this game tonight, you might want to pack it in. And the hot seat's going to get real hot on Fangio. I think I I'd lean with the Broncos right now, but it's Thursday night. They seem to be wild. Yeah, and I think I mean you bring up a great point real quick too about uh, Vic Fangio. I kind of don't see how he still has a job at this point. Yeah. Um, I really think he is not a good coach. Um, makes questionable calls again. If you saw the Raiders game last week, he made two terrible challenge calls that were horrendous. They were both. One of them I think was um, he believe he thought it wasn't a catch, and it was clearly a catch. If you just watch the replay footage, you can yeah. see Henry Ruggs brought the ball down. I think another one was he said that. Uh, there wasn't a fumble on the play, I believe, or something to that extent. And it clearly was. I mean, it literally clearly was. Um, or he, or vice versa. He thought that there was a fumble and there wasn't, and it was clear either way. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think he's a very good coach. I think – and I also don't think uh, John Elway is a very good GM. I feel like he's supposed to be the quarterback guy. The quarterback whisperer never really gets the guy to come there. Uh, I think he thought he was going to get Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers. That didn't really work out for him, uh, as we've seen. So, yeah, I think I think if they do lose this game, though, to go off what you're saying, I think, yeah, you can chalk up this season. I think they're done. Yeah. So, skipping ahead to this weekend, we've got a very fascinating AFC battle between the 3-3 three and three Chiefs and the 4-2 and two Titans. The Chiefs are on the road, but they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. It seems like Vegas loves the Chiefs every week. They've been favored in every game this year when, quite frankly, they probably shouldn't. This game, for me, is going to be a lot of points. I think both these defenses are rather poor. They're probably both bottom 10 defenses, which let's, let's watch the offenses cook. I, I have a hard time picking the Chiefs in this spot just because I saw what Derrick Henry did to the Bills, who were the number one defense in the league going in, and he just bowled right through them. I, it, for me, I, I have no the Chiefs have no corners to cover Brown or Julio Jones with Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good quarterback, rather underrated even still. I, I don't know how the Chiefs are going to stop Derrick Henry, and the Chiefs seem to press on offense this season because they know in a game like this, you're going to have to score on every drive to keep up with the Titans. And I, I just feel like Mahomes is making too many of those weird plays trying to do too much. It feels weird to pick against them, but it feels hard to pick for them right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I guess Vegas' whole thing is, you know, never count out Pat Mahomes. Um, but in reality, I mean, before the season started, I did not have a lot of confidence in this Chiefs team. And that's just not me being a biased Raiders fan, because I know it could definitely sound like that. Um, but, the, I mean, the Chiefs defense was terrible last year, all of last season. I mean, I feel like every team was putting numbers up on them. Um, and we saw we saw how bad it was, too, when they played the, the Buccaneers, right, that Brady and them had no problem marching on the field scoring every time. And the issue with the Chiefs team is that they're built to outscore their opponents completely. They don't care how many uh, points that the other team puts up. They just will always go out there. Uh, Kelsey, Hill, and uh, Mahomes will always go out there and outscore them. But after they lost pieces on their offensive line, like, yeah, they tried to bring in some more pieces um, in the offseason, but it really didn't replace the offensive line that they had when they had guys like Mitchell Schwartz, who somehow was still a free agent. I don't really know why no team has picked him up, which is odd. Um, but 
Uh, they, you know, when they lost that, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is forced to move around a little bit more. Now he's being forced to, the team is going down a lot because their defense, like they're left, you know, behind by touchdowners or two. And then Pat Mahomes thinks, okay, no, now we have to, we really have to come back. We have to score on every single drive and he's making more dangerous throws, a little bit more risky throws. We're seeing it a lot more this year with his interceptions. I think he has about eight now, I think. And I think last year he only had six or something crazy like that. Yeah. He's already at like six, seven, eight interceptions in the season. Um, and that's all thanks to that that defense. Uh, it's forcing Mahomes to make these throws. And I know they struggle with injuries too, right? Isn't I think Hilaire's uh, injured right now. Clancy yeah, he's on the IR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelsey, I know, has gone in and out. He's been hurt every now and again. Uh, and I believe Tyreek Hill was uh, questionable at one point or he was out yeah. for the remainder of one game. So that team is just struggling with injuries offensively with an offense that, you know, they kind of rely on to win games. Um, so from right now, I mean, based on what we saw this past uh, Sunday with the Titans running through the bills like that, I'm going to pick the Titans right now. Um, and it's getting to the point where, I mean, if the Chiefs, Chiefs lose this game, they're sitting at two and four. Um, that's a little scary. A little scary. Or, or th- uh, three and four. Three and four. Yeah, yeah, three and four. Three and four, right. Um, which, I mean, is that time to hit panic mode for the Chiefs who people thought were going to make the Super Bowl? I mean, it might be. I don't know. Well, and if you look at them, if they lose this weekend, they will have lost to the Chargers, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Titans, who were probably, on paper, the four leaders in each of their division. And if you're talking about tiebreakers and stuff, losing to every team in front of you, that could be problematic. So mm-hmm. another game we got on the schedule this weekend, your Raiders taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are only a three-point underdog for some reason on the road in Vegas. And I got to say, I like what the Raiders do in this season. Derek Carr, just every year underrated. Every year underrated. seems to be Actually, the first, until the Chargers game this season, he was getting a lot of hype. Not really sure why that stopped. But at the whole Gruden thing, they're kind of flying under the radar as a team now because that overshadows it. But this weekend, I mean, if you look at the Raiders, the Eagles should be a win. They're kind of banged up and stuff. I don't see Jalen Hurts' accuracy is a big problem. I don't see how with the Raiders' defense and Max Crosby flying off the edge, they'll stop them. Or that how the Eagles will score, I mean. They'll stop them. And uh, I, I like the Raiders in this spot. The Raiders getting to 5-2 and two would be pretty cool. And here's another thing. I'm looking right now at the odds in Vegas to win the AFC West. The Chiefs are, for some reason, still the favorite. The Chargers sit in second. The Las Vegas Raiders have the longest odds. Even the Broncos are in front of them. So Vegas isn't giving their own team respect. I don't really like that. I I don't think the Broncos should really be in this discussion at all. I'm not sure the Raiders will be able to topple the Chargers for the division, but I think the Raiders are sitting pretty to make that final playoff spot or one of those final wild card spots. Yeah, listen, Zach, I'm not going to lie. You're, you're going to turn me into a gambler now because hearing those odds makes me want to put money on my team, which, you know, I am. You're not to put money on your own team. Yeah. Yeah, but, Insane. like, I don't know, kind of makes me want to because, I honestly, like, the Gruden thing was tough at first, but – and I was really worried. I was like, if this Sunday, you know, the team goes down, lays down against Denver, um, then 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 the, this year's kind of going to be a wash, I think. But they came yeah. out, and it was the best game they played all season. I They looked so, so like such a complete team. Pass rush was on. Uh, the secondary looked pretty good. We had a couple interceptions. Offense was humming. We actually got the run game going every once in a while, switching in and out with Kenyon J- Drake and Josh Jacobs. So I'm, I'm actually really excited. I think um, in actuality, I feel like maybe this whole Gruden thing brought the team closer together as a no group. Doubt. Um, and I'm sure now they feel like they have a chip on their shoulder. Like we have something to prove, like you want to take away our coach, like that's fine. We're going to win anyway. 
And I think this new coach is actually a really good guy. Like he seems like a really nice, genuine guy. The players seem to love him, which is really good. And I think honestly, I mean, to me, putting him up as the head coach was smart because again, he's a leader, it seems like. Um, and he's not going to force Greg Olson, our offense coordinator, or Gus Bradley, our defense coordinator, to make any to call any plays that he wants. I feel like he's going to kind of leave it to them to do most of the job. Like maybe he'll have some input here and there, of course. Um, but I think he's going to kind of leave it up to them. And I kind of like that. Um, so, yeah, and, and I think the Raiders are poised now to do some really good things. We have the Eagles this week. We have the Giants next week or uh, two weeks from now because we got to buy. And then after that, we have the Chiefs. And I believe that game's at home. Um, if the Chiefs continue to not do so well and we can get off these two games, maybe get a win against the Chiefs, like we're going to be looking good. Um, so I'm really excited for what's going on. Yeah, I think I have, I have a good feeling going into this week and the two weeks from now against the Giants. Yeah, I, I liked it. You know, he talked about last week, his, the coach talked about how uh, they didn't even know how to put a headset on. You know, yeah. I, I think Rich is the man out there. He's going to read the Vegas to good, the promised land. And, you know, speaking of those Giants, you talk about the last game I want to get to here. Panthers-Giants, feels like this is really a crucial game in the trajectory of these two well, franchises, pretty much. Mm. Uh, the Giants fall into one and six again, would just be awful. And the Giants is just like, as a Giants fan, it's just a mix of bad football and injuries. The injury bug is just awful. Yeah. Three of our starting offensive linemen, our top four receivers, no Saquon. I mean, I mean, the Giants... Even without that, Danny Dimes has kind of been playing good until last game when it was just right. he just was forcing it because he had nothing to work with. And the defense this season, which was a top 10 unit, brought everyone back, got stronger. I don't understand what's happening. They regressed significantly. And the Carolina Panthers, I'm really not sure what to make of them. A 3-0 and start, granted, that include wins over the Jets and Texans, so maybe that's part of Broncos-like. Mm. Um, but lost their last three games. They're competing. Sam Darnold looks different than those first three games. Looks bad. And coming up to the Giants, this kind of feels like a toss-up. I mean, I'm a Giants fan, so I guess I'll pick the Giants. But, I mean, I, I wouldn't trust either of these teams. And at three weeks ago, it, the Panthers felt like a lock. People were talking to make the playoffs. If I had to bet right now, there's no chance I would bet on the Panthers to make the playoffs. I think in their division right now, obviously the Bucs, the Saints are a good team. The loss the Saints had to the Giants was kind of just a fluky, weird game. And then mm. I don't even the Falcons, they're kind of surprising me right now. Matt Ryan looks like he's back cooking a little bit. That offense was supposed to be good. I don't know. I just don't trust the Panthers. I mean, they lost to the Eagles a couple weeks ago. I mean, they lost to the Vikings at both at home. Those are kind of teams you're supposed to beat if you're going to make the playoffs because who knows either of those teams will make the playoffs. I don't know. This is a weird game. This is why I wouldn't bet. I would not bet on this game. I would have no lean. It wouldn't shock me to see either of these teams get blown out. Wouldn't shock me if the game ended three nothing, two nothing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no doubt. I think uh, this is an important, like you said, important game for both teams. I think uh, with this game, the Panthers have a chance to kind of get on track, get back on track. Uh, before the season started, I actually kind of like the Panthers quite a bit. I like how they built their defense. A lot of young pieces there. I think Sam Darnold is like a pretty solid quarterback. I don't think he's like top ten or anything like that, or maybe not even top fifteen. But I also don't think he's as bad as a lot of Jets fans said he was. I think he can still be a starting quarterback in the league. Um, with that said, he hasn't been as good these past few weeks, which is a little bit of a bummer, but I still think that with, by winning this game, they have a chance to kind of get back on track. I think the saints are good, but I think Jameis is a little too like hit or miss. Like sometimes he's like insane. Sometimes he's absolutely, he looks like old Jameis. 
Um, so I think that whether it's this year or next year, I think the Panthers have a really good chance to be good. Um, they might not make the playoffs this year. If they do, that's great. I think within the next like year or two, they keep adding some more pieces. I think they could have a really good squad because they have a solid receiving core. Yeah. Um, they have a decent quarterback. They actually have a really good running. And that's another thing too. I mean, they're without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, that really hurts their offense quite a bit, but I think they have all the pieces. Um, as far as the Giants go, yeah, man, I'm, I'm sorry for you being a Giants fan because there's just been so many times that this team, it's just, it's just so bad. And I think it really comes down to like the leadership of that team. Like, I don't know if Joe Judge is the guy to be the head coach. Uh, and Dave Gettleman, I mean, I saw a quote today on Twitter that Dave Gettleman said something like, I don't understand why our offensive line gets so much criticism. We have a lot of faith in them. I believe they're ranked 31st in pass protection and 26th in, run, in rushing attack. Like that is terrible. How do you have, how do you have confidence in that? Like, I don't think Dave Gettleman belongs to be a GM. So either way, I think if they get a win this weekend, the giants, it's a chance to kind of like give Joe judge and Dave, Dave Gettleman another lifeline, give them an extra life. Um, whereas I think for the Panthers, it's their kind of way to get back on track here. And if they lose, then they're going to have to kind of dig themselves out of a hole for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I think like a general trend you're seeing in the NFL too, the three most important positions in the NFL are quarterback offensive line and pass rush mm-hmm. the giants are a bottom tier in all three of those categories yeah dave gettleman hasn't really he, the highest capital he spent was the 50th overall pick on a edge rusher aziz Jalari, who looks fine but, but he can't do everything by himself right. um and if you look at the big teams like i mean look at your raiders they retooled the offensive line the offensive line has been solid Derek carr's an above average quarterback and your pass rush is good. I mean, look, the Chiefs were supposed to be good this year. Their pass rush is bad, and their offensive line is exactly suspect. Uh, if you look at the, the, the Buccaneers, their pass rush, they have a top-five quarterback, a top-five offensive line, and a top-five pass rush. So it just seems like the formula is simple for all of these teams, and you know, maybe one day they'll get it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I think it starts with getting rid of Dave Gettleman after this season ends. Yeah, I think they should do that now. But all right, switching <laughs> gears. Let's go to the NBA season. The NBA season started two nights ago. Last night was a fun night. I was in the garden as the Knicks took down the Celtics in double overtime. That was a hell of a win. New York, the garden was going crazy. It's really interesting to see that, you know, New Yorkers generally don't care about the Nets. They may be the best team in basketball, but nobody cares about them. In New York, it's a Knicks town. It's always going to be a Knicks town. There was just one win last night. The teams, the Knicks are a fun team to watch. They're young. They got the mix of veterans with Kimba and D Rose, and they're kind of embraced by New York. Every every player on that team is like uh, Julius Randle's an awesome story coming back from that broken leg, and then he was not good his first year in New York, then an All Star last year, and then thirty five eight and nine last night. That's fun. So, who do you think is a sleeper team to make the playoffs in either conference this season? Listen, I'm going to go with what the team we're just talking about, right? I think the New York Knicks, you know, me and my friend, my buddy's a big Knicks fan. Uh, I know they did make the playoffs, so I don't know if it's like a sleeper, but I think sleeper in the sense that they could actually have a much higher seed than they had last year. I think they have like some really good potential this year. Because if you look at the East, and again, I was just saying, you know, I was talking to my friend, my housemate this morning about this and about the East. And I feel like the East is really wide open, right? Outside of the Bucks and maybe the Nets, but again, I mean, the Nets can't stay healthy to save their lives, right? It's the team has an insane payroll, insane players, but nobody can stay healthy. Um, and even if they do, they, you know, they went to the playoffs and they lost. Besides those two teams, I mean, I feel like the East is, it's anybody's game. I mean, obviously there's the Hawks, right? And then there's the Knicks. And I mean, like those two teams obviously jump out because of what they did last season. Uh, I think the Bulls have a serious shot of doing some good things this year. They built a pretty good squad. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I could, I feel like I could see the Knicks getting potentially like if they really ball out this year, like potentially like a fourth seed, third, fourth seed. Yeah, uh, I feel, yeah, I feel like in the East too, there's like a cluster. I kind of think the Nets and Bucks are like those top two teams. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty clear. And then I think like the three through eight, there's that group of team. It's like the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bulls. I kind of think that's a toss-up. Any of those teams could finish in the Heat, too. Any of those teams could finish in anywhere in that standings. I think that makes it for fun. And then for sleepers and stuff, you know, if you look in the West, I think there's some good sleepers in the West. I think the West is even more wide open, too. I do think the Lakers are still the favorite, and for good reason. I I think eventually, it's obviously, it's going to take time for Westbrook to incorporate himself into that offense. But like last year with the Wizards, he wasn't good to start the season. By the end, he was playing like an MVP. I think in the West, there are some cool sleeper teams because, you know, those franchises like Minnesota and Sacramento that have been bad for a while, they're kind of Knicks-like of last year where they're young. I think the Timberwolves especially, where they have like Carl Anthony Towns with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards now. I mean, they beat the – I know it's the Rockets who might be the worst team in basketball. They beat them by 30. And the Kings went on the road and beat the Trailblazers last night. Those are two teams, you know, especially with the play-in now and 10 teams making the playoffs or – 10 teams competing to make the playoffs. I like one of those two teams to come out of make the playoffs in the West. I just think every year there's one or two teams that can surprise you. And both those teams have all-stars on it and good young pieces. I wouldn't be surprised then. But I do have a question for you. Hmm. What is your NBA finals prediction? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think as much as I, when it comes to the East, I, I really don't have much confidence in the net in the nets. Um, like I said, I think they're too injury prone. And even when they do play together, we don't know what the situation is with Kyrie. Uh, he's all over the place because um, he's still not playing with the vaccine stuff. Um, but I think it's tough. I think the Bucks seem like the most obvious choice to get up there. Um, I wouldn't sleep on the Knicks and I wouldn't sleep on the Bulls either trying to make a push. But I think like the Bucks still seem like the most complete team as far as like where they're projected to go. Because again, I, I think the Nets are a very complete team when the roster is healthy and when everybody's there, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case again this season. Um, as far as the West goes, I think, again, obvious choice right there is going to be the Lakers, right? I mean, they added Russell Westbrook. That's always great. Um, and they already have the pieces. So I think I'm going to have to go with the Lakers because I think they only really improved. Although I think they did lose some depth as far as their bench goes. So it's going to really rely on how much the starters can do every game. But we know that Anthony Davis and LeBron when they're on and they're healthy and even Russell Westbrook, they could play a ton of reps. They could play a ton of minutes. Um, so that's my thing. That's, that's who I would choose. If I had to choose somebody else in the West, um, I wouldn't be surprised with a team like the jazz potentially, or the nuggets. They look really good last year too. Um, but I, I, I don't want to be the favorite and choose the favorites, but I feel like as of right now, Lakers and bucks still seem like the top dogs there. Yeah. I, I, I know. I feel like the Nets, the Nets are the betting favorite right now, but there's, there's too much going on there. I think that's a, self-destruction exactly. rising. I don't think Steve Nash is exactly the coach I'd want to be leading me either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm a LeBron guy. He's my guy. I yeah. think he's the best player ever. Uh, I would pick, I would still pick the Lakers to beat the Bucs in the finals. I, I like I, the awesome thing about the Bucs too, is they did it last year. I think that gives them the confidence that they can do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that Harden and Irving were banged up last year, but Giannis still went toe to toe and took over and beat the rant. I mean, that's a pretty impressive achievement. Yeah. Himself. And uh, I do think the Lakers, and I, I do like some of the additions they made too. They got rid of some of those guys like Schroeder and Kuzma, who it's almost like addition by subtraction. It feels yeah. like at times it wasn't great. And then, you know, if you're talking about sleepers too, 
I, I like the Warriors. I think the Warriors are really freaking mm-hmm. good this year. And once Clay comes back, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Western Conference Finals was Warriors-Lakers. But I think the West has a problem, too, in that the Suns are good still. The Jazz are good. When Jamal Murray comes back, the Nuggets may be the second-best team in the West. Uh, and then who knows what's going on with Kawhi. If he comes back at the end of the season, I wouldn't want the Clippers to be the eighth seed. I mean, I still think the Lakers would beat them. But yeah. I, I wouldn't want – I wouldn't want – if I'm the Jazz or something – and I'm the one seed or two seed, I wouldn't want to play the Clippers with that. Yeah, no doubt. yeah no doubt. No doubt about that. All right, so let's switch to our last topic, DJ. The baseball playoffs have been epic this season. Yeah. This is why people don't make predictions in the baseball playoffs. The Atlanta Braves are a game away from the World Series somehow. The Atlanta Braves are missing their star player, Ronald Acuna, maybe the face of baseball, maybe the best player in baseball. Mike Soroka, their ace, he's out for the season. And they're up 3-1 on the Dodgers. That's just weird. And then the Astros are up 3-2 on the Red Sox. Are we really headed for a Braves-Astros World Series? Listen, I think we might be. Um, obviously, now I'm, I'm a Yankee fan, so it hurts to see the Astros or the Red Sox in it at this point. Uh, but if I had to choose, I'm going to choose the Astros every time because I hate Boston. I, they, they, can, they can buzz off. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, I think the Astros with the pummelings that they put on the Red Sox these past two nights. Um, and, listen, I know a lot of these, these Red Sox fans are out here complaining about these bad calls that the ump made, and it was terrible and it shouldn't happen. But at the same time, you get dealt the hand, you get dealt, right? You got to find a way to work around it. And even so, when a strike isn't called, that's still no excuse to give up. I think it was something like, wasn't it like six or seven runs? It was like seven more runs after that one non-call. I mean, you had multiple opportunities, yeah. And I and there's, you know, a lot of fielding errors. And again, the last night, I think the score ended up being, being nine to one. Uh, yeah. We're heading back to Houston. I think Houston has all the energy right now. They have all the momentum going back to Houston. It's their home. I think they have a serious chance to take it next time they play. Uh, as for the Braves, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers uh, were already – I mean, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, right? But when it came to their series against the San Francisco Giants, they had their struggles here and there. Um, and that I think that partially comes – I mean, Cody Bellinger is look good right now, uh, but still I feel like there's a little too much inconsistency with him in general all season and for the past, like, two years of his career. Um, and just that team in general, I don't know – they just don't look like the same Dodgers, if you know what I mean. I, I just don't get that same vibe that they're the same Dodgers team. I mean, they're without Clayton Kershaw. Um, they, I believe, are they are they without Walker Bueller as well, or do they still have Walker? I think I think uh, he might be good as well. They're out without. They're definitely without Max Muncy right now. Which Max Muncy like an MVP, and Justin Turner's now out. Just yeah, that doesn't feel positive. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I mean, you look at the Braves, right? I mean, they still have a good team. I mean, they kind of came out of nowhere. But when you look at their squad, I mean, like they have Ozzy Albies. He's an all-star. Freddie Freeman was MVP last season. He was really good. Um, they all, uh, they all, Dansby, Sp- Dansby Swanson is yeah. very good shortstop. Eddie Rosario is not bad out there in left field. And Jock Peterson has been lighting it up. Jock like, they have Tober. Good, yeah, exactly. Jock Tober. And I mean, like even, even their DH, I mean, when they have a DH putting him in or even, at least like a sub guy, Austin Riley, like, yeah. he's not bad either. Like they have a good squad. Like they have a really good team. Um, yeah. And I think we kind of slept on people could tend to sleep on them because of the division that they came from. But like, imagine how much better they would be right now if they had a Cunha. Like, I don't think we would really be saying like, oh, the, the Braves don't belong here. Like, I think we'd be saying like, oh, this Braves team's legit. Yeah, so, I, I know. And, and as a Mets fan, I could talk about the little pain here of the Braves. You know, right before the, the week before the trade deadline, the Mets were up five games on the Braves. And the Mets, like, they had a weird five-game series and the Braves won like three of five. And it kind of feel like it gave them life. And then they mm-hmm. won out instead of like selling. Cause you know, Acuna is out at this point. It feels like just retool for next year. You'll be favorites. 
and they, they bought into those like old veterans. They got Rosario. They got Jorge Soler, who carried them earlier. Adam Duvall was hitting home runs. Uh, Jack, Jacktober. I mean, Jacktober. they got all those guys, and they kind of took off. They found those veteran pieces. And I feel like just the baseball playoffs in general kind of feel like they're it's, it feels like none of the four teams sort of belong right now. Yeah. And it feels because it's kind of lacking star power right now. Like with Acuna injured, mm-hmm. you talk about all the injuries of the Dodgers. I mean, the Astros, I mean, Altuve and Correa were, I don't know. I feel like because of the whole like sign stealing thing, they, we kind of undervalue just how good they are really. Oh, Same yeah. with Bregman. And the, so it feels like they're not even really stars anymore. And then I don't know that Devers or Bogarts are at the star level category yet either, like the superstar level that people consider. And then Chris Sale's been bad, so it feels like we're lacking stars. And honestly, at this point, all four teams have unlikable parts of them. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. weird combination as a as a New Yorker. See, I'm a Mets fan, so I don't really care. I'm kind of indifferent about the Red Sox. They can go win the World Series if they want mm-hmm. to. I wouldn't sleep on Alex Cora. I, I highly doubt they'll win two games in Houston. I just think Houston's too good. Uh, and then I, I think the Braves will win. So a Braves-Astros World Series is just weird. Everything just kind of feels like it's pointing towards the Astros right now. That, mm. You know, nobody talks about them. They were really good all season. And people, yeah. nobody picked them. They're pitching suspects, but everybody's pitching suspects right now. Just I don't know. It's hard to bet against a team that has Jordan Alvarez, Correa, Altuve. Yeah. I mean, Correa hit six some games. That's how good they are. I guess I'd go with the Astros, but, you know. I wouldn't – it's hard to make a pick here because, like, I would have picked the Braves as the first team to lose in the playoffs. So, I I don't know. No, yeah. And, I mean, like, no doubt, I think when it comes to, um, like, the the Astros in general and the lack of, like, how we feel about the Stars, because if you go back two years ago before the cheating scandal or, yeah, two about two or three years ago before the cheating scandal, I mean, we'd be looking at this squad and it's like they're still all Stars. Like, they have Yuli Gurriel's not mad. Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, really good players. Uh, obviously Jose Altuve even like Kyle Tucker isn't bad in right field um and credit to like I feel like a lot of people don't know him but like Lance McCullers their starting pitcher yeah actually has been pretty hot all season and I feel like yeah, he's kind his, of under the yeah his problem is we don't know if he'll pitch in the World Series because of his arm injury if they make it exactly but still still. But still he got he got them to this yeah. point I feel like a lot of people don't know about him but again I mean as, to talk about pitching too I mean you go to the Braves they have Max Max Freed or Max Fried however you say it yeah uh, and Charlie Moore tonight. yeah and that's like a good squad. I mean, those are two good starting pitchers right there that can kind of get you through some of this. And their bullpen, I don't think is that bad either uh, for the Braves. They have some pretty good, I think AJ Minter is actually not terrible. Yeah, and then uh, Tyler Matzik, he's pitched mm-hmm. he's pitched every postseason game they've played in this season. And he pitched 69 games in the regular season, which I mean, that's an insane workhorse. But the, the unknown, the unsung hero of the Braves. Oh, who, who is their unsung hero? Well, they all are. Everybody on the team. They're, they're oh, the oh, you're saying they are the unsung. Yes, well, I yes, mean, yes. Matzik is kind of their unsung hero because, I mean, you pitch that much. Nobody really talks about you because you only pitch, what, half an inning sometimes. Yeah, He's yeah. the unsung hero. But they're kind of like, just in general, it's they don't have someone carrying them. Even Freddie Freeman. He struggled this postseason, and they've still mm-hmm. made it this far. Uh, it's weird that to see that. But, you know, it's October. Legends are made. Jocktober mm-hmm. happens. And, you know, we'll see. Yeah, can't wait. I think it's going to be good. And I think, I do think the Braves, what's going to drive the Braves really if the Braves do make the World Series and they play the Astros or the Red Sox, whoever at this point, uh, but it's looking like the Astros. If they do play, I think what's going to drive them to do well if in the World Series is the momentum. Because I think what's driving them right now to beat the Astros 
is that in game one and in game two, they had those two ninth inning walk-offs. Huge. Yeah. Like what that does for a team that makes us against, against a team like the Dodgers, nonetheless, that makes you think like, okay, wow. Like we can go in, we could beat anybody because we're doing it to the, Ash, the to the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah. And I think too, a problem with the Dodgers real quick, is just the fact that how they managed the bullpen in that game five against the giants. I don't, I don't really think they should have put in Max Scherzer in that last inning. Cause now you wasted them. Um, you can't use him to start the first game of the series. I think it would be better save him and then start him out in game one. That would have been perfect. But I mean, Hey, here we are. And the Braves look like they're ready to, to, to take the world series if they want it. My last bold prediction here. I don't know. It feels like we just built up the Braves Astros too much. Either the Dodgers or Red Sox will make the World Series. That's my prediction. We Hot built take. this up too much. We we wasted ten minutes there talking about Braves Astros, and it's not going to end up happening. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's pretty much all we got for this first episode, first ever halftime on Hudson Podcast. We'll be back one or two episodes a week. We'll have a rotating panel of all your favorite Marist halftime on the Hudson people. And you know, Connor, thanks for joining us. Uh, th- thanks for having me. Uh, it was a, it was a blast. It was a pleasure being the first person on this podcast.